For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. Today, we're going to explore a new way to launch a product, a book, or a service using podcasts. And I'm joined by Brian Clark, who's the founder and CEO of Copy Blogger Media, and Chris Ducker, who's the author of Virtual Freedom. And we're going to get into how to use podcasts in a really awesome way to launch. It's kind of the new launch way, and I think you're going to love it. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. With that, let's transition over to today's interview. You're really going to love it. Here we go. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. And let me correct that by saying guests, plural. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Brian Clark and Chris Ducker. Brian is the founder of Copy Blogger Media and the host of the new podcast, New Rainmaker. Chris Ducker is the author of the new book, Virtual Freedom, and host of the new business podcast. Both Brian and Chris are serial entrepreneurs who have been in the business world for a long time. And today we're going to talk about podcasting and how to launch whatever it is you're launching with podcasting. Brian, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks, Mike. Chris, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to doing this. Let's get this done. Let's rock and roll. Okay, so today we're going to, I'm going to be asking Brian and Chris because they just both happen to be doing something coincidentally at the same time. I'm going to be asking them about how they're using podcasts to launch whatever it is that they're doing, and you're going to learn more about what they're doing in a second. But I want you to be thinking whether you're launching a product, a book, an event, or a company, how podcasting can be a very powerful marketing tool to help get that started. Uh, And like I said earlier, both Brian and Chris are literally right in the middle of launching as of this recording. So we're going to get into the why they decided to do this, the how, and all the other aspects that you need to know. So Chris, let's start with you. Uh, For your brand new book, Virtual Freedom, you decided to launch a podcast by the same name. Can you tell us a little bit about what went into your thinking process on this? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I mean, podcasting has been good to me personally, both from a personal brand perspective and also as a way for me to, uh, you know, grow my own personal network as well of contacts and, and, you know, business associates and that sort of type of thing. It's also 
um, enabled me to expand my reach ridiculously over a relatively short space of time. And uh, I enjoy it. I'm much more of a talker than a typer anyway. Um, and, you know, after typing out 65,000 words for virtual freedom, the last thing I was going to do to promote it was write a load of guest posts. So uh, <laughs> podcasting, um, you know, was a, uh, was a, a real go-to um, focus for me when we were sort of, you know, starting to put the marketing plan together. And what I like about it more than anything else is two main reasons. Number one, my, I know my audience consumes my content through podcasts. I, I you know, o- overly get messages from people, emails, tweets, Facebook messages, you name it, from people that have listened right the way through to the end of my podcast episodes, which not only obviously is good uh, from a publisher standpoint, it's nice to know that that's happening, but it also means that you're making that extra special connection with somebody um, in a way that I think that, you know, I'm just going to sit and read 45 minutes of blog posts. Very rarely will that happen. Um, and so it was, it was that. And the other thing was, that, you know, iTunes, I see iTunes ultimately now as just another search engine, a pretty big one. And one that people are sitting in front of with their credit card information, a lot of the time already installed in the background. So that, you know, those were my, you know, my main reasons, uh, you know, that the audience, the focus of the audience, and just the fact that they consume that type of media. Okay, cool. And we're going to get into kind of what you did a little bit later in the interview. Brian, let's go over to you. Um, You decided to launch a brand new podcast called New Rainmaker. Why did you decide to add a podcast to your launch plan? Tell me a little bit about what went into that. Yeah, there's there's a complicated answer to that, uh, but hopefully it's a good answer. So first off, the concept of Rainmaker and New Rainmaker, um, as you know, Mike, uh, back Before 1998, when I started publishing online and became an entrepreneur, I was an unhappy attorney. And, you know, I I didn't know anything about business or marketing, but I knew I didn't want to practice law. But reflecting back, uh, I, I realized somewhat ironically that my two best business lessons came from observing life inside of a law firm. And one of that was the concept of the rainmaker. That was my first introduction to that word and what it means in the context of business, which is the person who brings in the business. And for one reason or another, uh, you know, I didn't have the privilege or the right school or the right family kind of thing. So I wasn't going to be that type of rainmaker. So I, reflecting back, saw that the internet was my way to become a rainmaker. And of course, 15, 16 years later, that's played out really well. Um, so that's kind of the genesis of the concept itself, and we've done a couple of other we've done a couple of other podcasts tied to the copy blogger audience. And as you also know, Mike, um, it's an audience of readers. So we don't have the hugest uptake for our audio streams, but the people, like Chris said, who love audio, they let us know, and that's really gratifying. So. Uh, Robert Bruce and I, he's my co-host, we are audio kind of geeks. We love the idea of producing these type of shows and whatnot. Um, But uh, as Chris said, iTunes, it's its own channel. And we didn't start a podcast to reach the existing copy blogger audience so much because we've earned the right to talk to them, thankfully. Um, But we see audio as a way, uh, as a completely new channel 
to reach people who may not be familiar with us uh, in line with the product that we're launching. And then finally, here's really the most important reason why we went with the podcast format. Um, it's not 100% podcast. There are some other elements mixed in, and I'll explain later why we do that. But I see at this point as content creation and content marketing has gone more mainstream, it's not just writers anymore. In fact, most of the people that need to do this form of marketing are not writers. And we see audio as the best foundational content that you can create from which you can create every other form of content. And so basically, New Rainmaker is a demonstration of a way to build an authority site with audio at the basis. Well, and a lot of people listening to this podcast may not know this, but my podcast is called Social Media Marketing. My conference is called Social Media Marketing World. And when I originally launched the podcast, it was with a very strategic intent of promoting the conference. And um, it's since then gone on to be something significantly more than what I ever would have expected. But all three of us are living testimony to the power of using a podcast to launch something. I just um, happened to have, you know, in this case, uh, did it a little while back, and these guys are right in the middle of it. Um, Brian, let's start this next question with you before we get into kind of the how you guys are doing what you're doing. Talk to me about where you see the world of podcasting heading since you've been obviously studying this very closely with this most recent launch. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it, it might surprise people because I identify as a writer. But in 2005, before I started Copyblogger, I was fascinated with the world of podcasting. At that time, that was the big new thing. You know, when Adam Curry became the, the pod father or whatever it was that he called himself, um, it was just, it, I was very much into that. I was fascinated with it. Uh, and then I decided instead to go more towards my strength and, and start a, a blog that was about writing and writing driven. And that was fortunate because as we know, podcasting kind of went through a rough period where the enthusiasm waned a bit. And I think that's because it was hard for people to make money with sponsorships or advertising. Of course, we all, you know, basically use content to sell other things, which I think the world is waking up to. But concurrently, we've seen this big resurgence in podcasting. I think a lot of um, people are still having struggle, struggles with the economic side of things. But I think the technology and really Apple's embracing of the podcast as a format within iTunes, making it easier to subscribe, means more people than ever actually know what a podcast is and more and more people are able to subscribe to them. And as I mentioned earlier, from a creation standpoint, with a good outline and good working knowledge, just about anyone who knows what they're talking about can do a podcast. That's not always true for writing or video or something like that. So again, I just see that it, it, we really could be entering the golden age of podcasting. Chris, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> Yeah, I agree 100% with what Brian said. Uh, I, I think that, um, 
you know, I mean, when, when you look at content creation, right, blog posting, online video, podcasting, whatever the case may be, you're doing this to get your message out there, um, regardless of what that message is. You're doing it to help inspire and educate people and, um, you know, ultimately doing it to make some sort of type of change. And I think just content creation, marketing, publishing, whatever you want to call it, um, it all comes down to just being found, being remembered, uh, being consumed and nowadays because social being and you know a few things about this Mike social media I think um, <laughs> because of uh, you know the 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 way that things are being shared um, you know you have the opportunity to just have your content passed around like wildfire and I, I just think that podcasting in general I mean it's 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 right up there in the raw I mean it's, it's going to be huge there's no doubt about it I think that Brian's right when he says you know the golden age is just beginning um, obviously I haven't been online for as long as as Brian um, but funnily enough I have less hair so I got to try and figure that one out Brian I, I don't know but um, I uh, <laughs> you know when you when you um, you know when you look at the fact that you know that, that there's one particular car maker now and the name uh, escapes me but they are they're instantly installing stitcher radio into all of their new cars going forward yeah, so i mean just Ford, the consumption bmw um mazda there's a bunch of them yeah there you people go. demanding that we offer stitcher we started with itunes and right. um, the other sound uh soundcloud and people are like, where's Stitcher? And we're like, okay, okay. You know, it's interesting when people start demanding another format. You're more yeah. than happy to oblige at that point. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that, that's also about, you know, going, where, going to where your audience is. And Brian, you're an expert at this. You know, if you, you know, particularly I'm not a massive Facebook fan, but I know that my audience is on Facebook. Therefore, I will spend time on Facebook to take the conversation off the blog and off the podcast and converse with them properly there. Um, Stitcher, it doesn't really matter, you know, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever format people want to consume your podcast content on, you need to be there. You need to be there. And I, I just think that podcasting is, I don't know, I mean, you know, like you said, you don't have to be a great writer to get your point across when you're podcasting. So I, I think that we're going to see um, an absolute massive influx of podcasts this, this year particularly. Well, for anybody who is um, uncertain about the where the world of podcasting is going, be sure to go back and listen to the episode that I did with Michael Wolf, um, who's the industry analyst that's covering the space of podcasting, and that would be uh, socialmediaexaminer.com slash, oh my gosh, what is it, uh, 80, episode 80 of this podcast. We go into detail about where the, the space is going, and, and, and the gist of it is it's a massive greenfield opportunity. This is the one form of media creation that is radically underserved, meaning that there are way more people that are consuming it than there are actual quality content to meet the demand. When you compare the number of podcasters to the number of video marketers and the number of you know, people with YouTube channels and the number of people with blogs, it's kind of tiny. Um, so let's step, into the, let's step into the strategy side of things. Um, Chris, let's start with you. Walk us through kind of what the strategy was with the launch of this podcast that you launched, uh, Virtual Freedom, in corresponding with your book. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot involved here. Um, the, the the first thing was, I, I without a doubt, I knew that the name of the podcast had to literally just be Virtual Freedom. Um, 
There is a, the, funnily enough, there is another book that is also called Virtual Freedom, which has nothing to do with building virtual teams to build a business. Um, but, you know, so it was a combination of wanting to be found properly in Google, particularly on the first page. So I knew that that was going to help out a little bit. Um, the, the big thing, however, is that, you know, that new and noteworthy section, man, you get eight weeks to shine, plain and simple. And then they rip you out of it. And, hey, Chris, uh, elaborate what that is for those that may not be familiar with the new and noteworthy. Sure, yeah, no problem. So when, when you publish your first podcast episode um, and, you know, every episode that you publish up until an eight-week period, you have an eight-week window when you first get started on iTunes that, um, you know, you have the ability to be listed in this new and noteworthy section in all of the individual categories um, that you can, you know, list yourself in. So let's say, for example, business or management and marketing. Uh, they're my two main categories. So I wanted to make sure that not only did I um, launch uh, a show that was, you know, going to be very much in line with the book and, and to market and promote the book specifically, um, but also really utilize the power of that eight-week window where you can be found. It's like being on the first page of Google, literally. And so... Um, I, I wanted I wanted to make sure that that happened. Not only did I do that, but I also launched with five episodes in the first day, and now we're we're dripping the the rest of the podcast episodes. This is going to be a limited launch for twenty five episodes only, um, and we're dripping the rest out through until the end of uh, March. The book launches on April first, and so um, the reason why we launched with those five initial episodes was because when somebody finds a new podcast in iTunes and they listen to an episode and they like what they hear, a lot of the time they'll hit the subscribe button and download all the past episodes as well. And what that does with iTunes is it shows that not only the podcast episodes, but the show itself is popular. And that creates a load of extra downloads, which then in turn bumps you to the top of that new and noteworthy section. And so because of that, you, you get the opportunity to almost not necessarily control, you can't control things, but I mean, you do get the opportunity to have a really good start in the new and noteworthy section of the categories that you want to be found in and therefore find more listeners, create more subscribers and enjoy more downloads. And that was really the, uh, you know, the, the first bit of strategy around that. Secondly, obviously, we engaged our lists um, and when I say our, I mean my team uh, and I. So, you know, I, I've been talking about outsourcing and the virtual assistants uh, for a long, long time. And um, I've been lucky enough to kind of become the go-to source, for want of a better term, on that subject. And so, you know, we had, a, we had a, a, some good quality lists, some good numbers. And we obviously emailed them all. We encouraged them to download and enjoy the content. Uh, it worked. We're in the new and noteworthy section. We've been there pretty much the, the whole time since we've launched. We've gone up and down a little bit, but we're basically in the top 10 most of the time. And um, it's, uh, it's worked out brilliantly. And you know, there's, there's no other real strategy other than that and sharing it on social and just getting people to talk about it. That's basically what it comes down to. Okay, Chris, I mean, we're going to, um, we're going to dig into a little bit of this stuff in a minute after I asked Brian to share a little bit of what his strategy was. But just to summarize what I hear you saying is you decided to really keep this launch window to the first 60 days, right? That eight week period of time. It sounds like mm -hmm. that's when all these episodes are going to be launched. It's an, it's an episodic kind of thing. It's like, this is your series of 25 episodes, kind of like Seth Godin did with his launch. And then it's done. 
I mean, and that's really the strategy is to, is to basically come out and, if you will, rapid succession with a bunch of content over that 60-day window in order to maximize the exposure in the new noteworthy section in iTunes leading right up to the launch of your book. Is that a good summary? That's 100% right, yeah, because, you know, the new business podcast is and will continue to be my primary podcasting focus. And so, you know, I, I don't want to take away from that too much because I also talk about building virtual teams quite regularly on that as well. But the, you know, the, the focus of the Virtual Freedom podcast was to specifically discuss and explore the individual sections of the book itself. Uh, and we literally follow the book through from episode one right the way through to the end. Awesome. Brian, What's the strategy that you use to launch your podcast? It's been a mysterious one, to say the least. <laughs> well, um, we we have hinted at what we're actually doing here, and some people are paying really close attention. But yeah, we're not being really overt about some things. Um, so Rainmaker, um, the Rainmaker platform, is the hosted turnkey online marketing solution we've been working on for three years. We've built all the pieces and we built this really great deployment system where you can push a button like with Squarespace, but get something as powerful as HubSpot, except it's what we actually use and we don't use HubSpot. <laughs> so I'll just say that. Um, but going to the podcast itself, um, there it is the center point of the launch that is obviously, as you you might imagine something of this magnitude. There are many, many facets to getting this platform launched and, and you know, continuing to market it over time. But the podcast really is central because the site that the podcast is actually hosted on, uh, newrainmaker.com, is the platform. And you'll, you'll watch it evolve and become more powerful as we continue through the podcast lessons. Um, one thing to note is, although, as Chris pointed out, the iTunes channel is incredibly powerful, and we were definitely uh, banking on that, um, it's still primarily an email-driven thing. Um, we, uh, have dri we primarily dr drive people to subscribe by email, and then we send them an email saying, pick whichever audio platform you want to listen on, iTunes, Skitcher, etc. Um, and then, with a channel such as iTunes... Um, the call to action, since we're not selling anything at this point, is, hey, there's webinars, there's free reports, there's other great stuff on the email list that we can't send you through iTunes. We would if we could, but we can't. So um, in essence, we're, we're even using iTunes to drive people to what is our primary, primary sales channel, and I think you guys probably see the same thing, which is email. Now, kind of elaborating on what Chris um, brought up about iTunes, exactly, new and noteworthy, you do have a finite window there. Um, looking back, I think I would have liked to have launched like Chris did with multiple episodes, um, but we do have somewhat of an unfair advantage because we do have an existing audience, and I'm not going to apologize for that. We worked really hard, and that's when it gets good. <laughs> um, and, and you've so, done a great job, by the way, trending pretty much near the top of the business category, which is not easy to do, Brian. Yeah, you're beating me. So I, I've, I've got double the amount of episodes and you're beating me. So I'm you, you were beating me too for a little right while now. there. <laughs> and I have hair. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, uh, Brian, you had to go there, didn't you? you had to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, had to close that loop you started. There. So, so let's step back for Brian before we get too granular into the details. What was the strategy specifically with the podcast? Yeah, so um, we we did one episode, and it's interesting because we changed the format right at the last minute. It was supposed to be more of a traditional Robert ask me questions, I answer, we follow a really tight outline, and we basically get a transcript out you know, for that audio, and then again, that ties into the whole repurposing, where you can turn that into articles, and, and four episodes into an ebook, and then video, and slide share, and all that, which I'll get into in more detail later. But just to launch, um, we, we changed our structure, and I wrote a script, and we did it kind of like a NPR episode with jazz in the background. And, and again, Robert and I geek out about this kind of stuff. And it was a challenge to us because we're not professional anything when it comes to audio. But we wanted to try. And we weren't sure if people were going to hate it or not. Generally, people seem to like it, which is great. So we do the first episode that way with this new format. Um, we basically launch... Um, we drive traffic. We say, this is the new thing. You got to go check it out. And, um, it took us, we actually launched without iTunes live and it came live eight hours later after they were listening on SoundCloud. So then we sent another email that said, Hey, well, iTunes just approved us. So go ahead and grab iTunes if you want. So what happened then was amazing. I remember this. I was in the gym trying to get a workout in. And Robert is calling me in the gym. And I'm like, why are you bothering me? And so I, I don't answer. And then he texts me and he says, we're number one uh, in iTunes. Um, you know, and I'm thinking he, he means in mar- marketing, which is what we were trying to accomplish. We wanted to rank well in marketing because that uh, would be a good sign for us. And so, you know, I said, you know, I texted back, good you know, kind of <laughs> like, I hope so. That was our goal. He said, no, we're number one in business and we're number 10 in all of iTunes. So you're right up there with Joe Rogan and all those guys, right? So, so yeah, Robert takes a screenshot and I will treasure it forever. Number one, this American life, number 10, new rainmaker. Now it didn't last, but it doesn't matter. I've got the screenshot. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, said like know, a true marketer, right? There. Exactly. <laughs> But like Chris said, you know, along with a new and noteworthy, if you can get that kind of um, traction and then maintain, we've done well in maintaining in business. Um, Number 10 in iTunes was just ridiculous, okay? But it is a testament to being able to create, even with one episode, enough subscriptions, enough reviews. Um, Michael, I've got to thank you for the software tool where you're able to see international reviews. That was such a find. Awesome. Um, um, so anyway, uh, we did much better than we expected. If you think this was some master plan, no, we surprised ourselves. So then the idea was, do we say something about this? And Robert's like, yes. So he, we took the screenshot and we said, hey, look, <laughs> we're number 10 in iTunes. Um, so that was a good start to the podcast. But as you both know, you've got to show up week after week after week and deliver or it's just not going to matter one bit. So to some degree, that really upped our game and said, all right, people seem to like the format. People seem to like the first episode. Now we got to keep outdoing ourselves each week. So you, 
your strategy then is to come out with a weekly show. Is that correct, Brian? Yeah, to, to the best of our ability, we've so far been able to stay on that weekly schedule. But we're mixing it up also with written and uh, webinar format because, again, we're eventually launching a very sophisticated, you know, software as a surface um, product, uh, you know, service, obviously. So how long, so how long will you go? It takes more than just, like the audio episodes to this point have been more t- storytelling, setting the stage, uh, revealing really kind of the scope of the opportunity, much like your show with the podcast analyst, that we're at the cusp of something that's still amazingly wide open if you do the work. And so there's a certain aspect of this that is, both educational, but also, come on, guys, let's do this. So you are spending some time creating content to evangelize a new opportunity to your community. Will you be doing this for weeks or for months? At what point will you reveal what you have to sell? Uh, end of March. I, I think we're just going to find out when Chris launches his book and launch that day. Which Chris? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Chris Ducker. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what? I just knew I shouldn't have come on this show. I just knew it. No. Well, he said, he said right around April 1st, it was supposed to be mid-March, and you know how it is with software. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, maybe late March. You know, So it's around that period. Now, Chris, just shoot me an email, and we'll avoid that. <laughs> well, okay, let's go to the next question, Chris. Um, let's talk about the format of your show, because I'm sure a lot of people listening right now want to understand, like, how are you formatting your show? Kind of... In particular, I'm talking about your virtual freedom show. You know, how are you setting this up so that you're ready to ultimately go from your show to launch? I mean, kind of give us a little bit of the format of this particular show. Yeah. So, I mean, the new business podcast is either, you know, it's a long form show, right? So, you know, with everything else that's going on with the book marketing plan to do a long form show, particularly you know, covering everything I wanted to cover between, you know, when I started a month ago, basically, to when the book comes out four weeks from now, um, it wasn't going to work. It was going to be way too much work for me. So what I decided to do um, was have very short form type episodes. So each of them float at around about anything between sort of eight to 12 minutes each. Um, And we did that for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, uh, it would mean that I could batch recording those together, and I did. I batched them in, in in recording sessions of five episodes per session. So I would spend sort of close to around about an hour, maybe a little bit longer, uh, recording five sessions at a time and then sending them through to my VA who would then go ahead and edit them with the intro and everything and start uploading them and all that sort of jazz. So um, that was the first thing. The second thing was that I wanted to make it a very clear kind of question and answer type thing. So obviously I had the first sort of 10 or so episodes um, already in my mind in terms of what I was going to talk about based on the book. And I could have continued to do that. But as we started publishing more and more episodes, we had more and more questions coming in. Uh, and that was a call to action that I was making in those episodes, asking for questions. So we were not only publishing content that I knew was going to be consumed and shared, but we were now answering questions directly for the listeners as well. And so, I mean, I'm done. I've recorded all 25 episodes now. They're in the bank. And uh, yeah, the, the format is a very simple 
one question or one sort of situation answer solution type thing. Um, and obviously we have, uh, you know, a standard voiceover intro and then a, a call to action at the end of every episode, getting everybody to go visit the, uh, you know, the, the book site and hopefully buy a copy of the book. And it's really that simple. I, I you know, if, if things don't need to be complicated, I leave them alone. This is awesome. I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, wow, <laughs> you're making it sound easy. That sounds really cool. Now, I know, Brian, I'm sure that your 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 um, format is very different. Why don't you explain a little bit about what you're doing? I just like to say that I'm annoyed that he is done already. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting on very well, are we here? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's admira- it's grudging admiration. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> so yeah, we, we consider ourselves agile. So you know, we can't do everything in advance. We may want to change it. <laughs> no, that's my excuse for procrastination. Okay, no. <laughs> um, so I do have a fairly well planned out um, initial through uh, corresponding with the launch of the actual uh, platform where we set the stage. A lot of that has to do with the way to think. Um, I think both of you, uh, Mike, I've been following your career obviously forever. So you understand that even though we are marketers, we are creating media. We are media producers first and foremost because that's what works online. And the unfortunate phrase content marketing, I think, confuses more people than it enlightens. So a big part of my initial episodes is dedicated to giving examples of how it's more media than marketing, but it does the job uh, of what marketing is supposed to do. And then as we get closer and we actually launch the platform, uh, we will shift into three uh, three weeks of webinars, or I haven't decided if it'll be once a week or not, but that's part of the flexibility. But there will be three webinars that get, they're still educational, but they're much more hands-on about how the intersection of this technology combines with a content creation strategy in order to actually get it done from traffic, from creation to traffic to, you know, basically everything that you have to do to get it done. So that's our initial plan and i would say that would carry us to may about uh, hold, hold uh, on a second interest- hey, hold on pa- pause for one second you said you're doing webinars does this mean you're recording the webinars and then repurposing the audio for the podcast just to clarify no as i mentioned that's w- why we do the call to actions on the on the podcast you know in the audio only channels that say go to the site and sign up for the other stuff or if you just want the audio you know the okay. Next episode would so, so then, let me ask this clarifying question. Um, I've listened to at least I think three of your your podcasts, and the first couple I think were you um, giving educational um, lessons, if you will, and then you had one where it was you and your co-host kind of um, talking back and forth. I'm yeah. curious about that format. Are you going to continue to um, have your podcast? Uh, be more of a, a dialogue between you and the co-host, or are you going to go back more to the educational stuff? So we did the first three episodes were narrative education. Then we did our first behind-the-scenes episode. Because what we're doing is a demonstration as well as education, so we take a step back and say, here's what we were doing, here's why. And I think that value will become clearer as we get deeper into it. When we do things, we show people and then we tell them why we did it, what happened, what were the results. So we kind of made this promise of ultra transparency where we teach, 
uh, we demonstrate, and then we explain. <laughs> and even if, if something doesn't work, we will admit to it because that's part of the process. As you know, there are many different ways to build a site. This is the first time I personally have led with audio as a content creation source. And again, I think that is going to be the viable strategy for a lot of people going forward. So I'm demonstrating it for people, even though I'm primarily a writing guy. Um, but so far, so good. So that's really the idea uh, of not just talking at people. It's more of a demonstration of the totality of the thing we're selling and the things we're giving away for free. And I just want to add a little bit of two, my two cents here. People love it when you tell them how it is you're marketing to them, because um, especially when you're a marketer and, and you're a marketer that's respected, because then they begin to say, oh, okay, he's not just doing this, he's doing that. And they can start thinking outside the box and start understanding. Like, for example, I recently did a, um, uh, a podcast called Twitter Promotion, and I talked about how to promote with Twitter, but I used the examples of how we've been promoting social media marketing world, and I lay it out, and I explain what we've been doing in an educational way, but the whole time, the example is social media marketing world, so that is actually marketing, but it is, right. it's, it's received in such a way that people love it because you're actually kind of peeling back the cover and explaining what you're doing, and I bet you people are really responding to that, right, Brian? You know, actually, I started doing that with Copyblogger in 2006 because at the time, blogging was so anti-commercial. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy saying, you know what you ought to do? You ought to sell stuff with your blog. I mean, half, half the blogging world thought I was the devil. Um, so I went out of my way to give a lot of value, went a year and a half or so before I ever sold anything. But I would also, I just decided that I would tell people that I'm, you, you can't try to pretend you're not doing to them what you're teaching them. So I made it into sort of an educational game, like five ways to do this. And then I, at the end, I'd say, what, which one didn't I just use on you? So <laughs> it actually got people to retain the material. I bet it's an old, you know, instructional design trick. You know, your best teachers did stuff like that to you. It's also a fantastic marketing thing because people embrace your marketing instead of rejecting it. Okay, my last question um, that I want to focus on is the promotion of the show. I'm going to go to you, Chris, and then I'm going to ask you, Brian. Um, so, Chris, when you originally launched the show, how, how are you getting the word out about your show? Yeah, I mean, I touched on it a little bit early on, but it, it was a combination, and it actually continues to be a combination of our lists. And, I mean, like Brian, although I don't have a audience as large as him, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but, you know, like, like Brian, I, I've, you know, I've been online for a while. So I've been able to create a list, a following, a platform for myself. And so we continue to, you know, let the list know uh, as and when new episodes come out. I'm not killing the list and letting them know every three days that there's a new episode. What I'm tending to sort of do is just sort of batch them into, like 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 I did with the recording, you know, batch them into sort of five episodes and then we'll email out five different links. Chances are some of those people would probably have already um, have listened to those episodes, but uh, some of them probably haven't and they probably didn't even know they existed. You know, not everybody subscribes, right? Uh, and not every episode is is going to be what people want to listen to and invest their time listening to. So um, we do that. And, you know, for, for me, Twitter has been huge. Um, and the reason why is because we actually host the podcast via SoundCloud. 
And uh, the reason why I decided to go that particular route was because SoundCloud have brilliant social media kind of embedding functions where I can, I can be on Twitter either on the web or on my phone or my iPad or whatever, and I can, I can listen to that episode within Twitter. I don't have to go to a browser. I don't have to download it's any like YouTube, kind of software. Right? It's just like YouTube, right? You just hit the play button. Exactly. And I loved that because I'm a big Twitter guy and my, my, my tribe knows that they can get reactions from me fast on Twitter. I like Twitter a lot. Um, I hope the IPO doesn't screw that all up, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Twitter and, and just the ease of being able to use it. It's quick, easy. It's very mobile friendly, et cetera, et cetera. So it was kind of a no brainer. Um, you know, to utilize SoundCloud because of those social media embedding functions. And it's worked brilliantly. It really has. I mean, I don't think this is the thing, even though I think we're at episode 10, I think, or nine or 10 so far, even though we're almost halfway through, I don't think we've quite hit our stride yet in regards to the size of the audience. I think that with March being the big marketing month for the book, Overall, there's a lot of interviews going out. There's a lot of things that are happening um, just from, you know, the overall marketing plan that we've got in place for the book. Um, I don't think we've hit our stride yet. I think mid-March, we're going to hit that tipping point. Uh, and I will continue to utilize the list and social as the two main aspects of, of marketing and promotion and getting the word out there. Quick follow-up question, Chris. Uh, since you are... You have another regular show. Do you cross promote it on that show as well? Yes, I've done that too. Yes, and cool. and you know, both have I mentioned virtual freedom uh, on the new business podcast, and you know, the other way around as well. So I, I think it would be a bit silly to not do that. <laughs> Absolutely, Brian. Tell me about how you're promoting. You already alluded to the fact that email has been a really big part of what you've been doing. Um, maybe un- reveal a little bit more about what what you've done to kind of get the word out on your show. Yeah, so I think, um, of course, we want the existing audience and customer base to uh, be aware and, and benefit from New Rainmaker, even though, of course, when we launch the platform, we can just communicate directly with them. This, I think, is, is a much more uh, beneficial and, and educational way to be introduced to something as opposed to, oh, here's our new thing. Um, so we are... Uh, you know, doing weekly blog posts, we um, do uh, the email marketing, um, and and we're using our existing audience because we do want them to participate. But the fact that they do come and um, consume the content does help us reach new people in the audio channels. So iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know that that's how these platforms work. When people actually engage with and like your content, uh, more people get exposed to it. So it's a wonderful thing to build that channel. The, the next level, and I, I think uh, we're at the same point that Chris is, that we haven't quite really amped it up yet. Um, so on February 26th, I'm not sure when this is airing, but uh, New Rainmaker is co-sponsoring the B2B small business content marketing study that Content Marketing Institute is putting out. Um, we're also doing a virtual uh, event with, with CMI in which I will do a webinar that demonstrates effectively the platform without pitching it 
and then of course promotes new Rainmakers free content. So we're ramping up from here, and even in channels we've never historically used at Copyblogger, because we really do want to reach out even beyond uh, our existing audience. And we just feel like this audio format has so many legs uh, due to these amazing channels for audio, but also this, like Chris said, there's this, this or, I, or it may have been both of you actually, that there's this appetite for audio that's actually being underserved at this time. Well, you know, um, it's exciting because this podcast is going to air on March 28th, right around when you guys are both launching. So it'll be really interesting for people to go back. Um, well, not to go back, but to actually go check out what you guys are doing and to kind of see the critical mass that it has helped you build. One thing that I'd like to remind everyone of that's listening, what's great about podcasts is that people listen. The fact that you have been listening to this show, at least this interview for 40 minutes, just goes to show you that uh, there's no way you would ever spend 40 minutes on Copyblogger <laughs> or on any social media examiner or any other blog. You just wouldn't. You know, we know from our, 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 our records that people just spend mere minutes. So this is a medium that allows you to get a message conveyed. For those of us that are long-form content freaks like Brian and I, <laughs> this is kind of a dream come true. Wouldn't you agree, Brian? Yeah, no, it, it really is. And I never for one second take for granted that people do listen for four. I mean, it. I feel blessed that, uh, you know, as long as we keep trying our hardest to provide value and education, that people will listen. And it's, on one hand, it's amazing because, um, you know, it's a privilege to have that happen. On the other hand, though, it's not as difficult as people might think if you're focusing on what other people need and serving that. They will gladly listen to you if you're helping them solve a problem or satisfy a desire. And that's really what it comes down to. Well, I hope everyone who's listening has been inspired by what Brian Clark and Chris Ducker are doing. This is the beginning of a new era of launching uh, with podcasts. Um, Brian, let's start with you. Where can people discover more about New Rainmaker? So it's newrainmaker.com. That's where you can sign up by email to get everything. Now, by the time this uh, podcast is broadcast, uh, the site will probably have evolved a little bit into something. It'll actually be more value the instant you sign up. Which So that's kind of a benefit to your audience right now. Um, those who signed up had to go with us through time. But as we aggregate things into this kind of content library format, you sign up and you get all this great stuff at once, plus all the future webinars and shows and all that kind of good stuff. So newrainmaker.com, if you prefer to just check out uh, the audio first, you can do a search at iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and we'll come up. And of course, then you can freely sample our content. There should be 10 episodes, 8 episodes by, at this point. And uh, obviously, don't, don't give us an email address and, until you're absolutely sure that this is worth your time. Awesome. And Chris, tell us where people can check out Virtual Freedom. Well, iTunes <laughs> for a start. Uh, just do a quick search on that. Uh, but uh, we also have a mini site for the book, which is virtualfreedombook.com. And uh, other than that and Twitter, that's what I'm all about right now. Brian Clark and Chris Ducker, thank you guys so much for sharing your insights with us today. I know that I speak for a lot of listeners. It was awesome and very inspiring. Thank, uh, you, thank you. It was all our pleasure. Well, I hope you found that interview with Brian and Chris to be super valuable. 
I know there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from these guys because they do a lot of great stuff. Now, if there is stuff we mentioned during the show that you missed, don't worry, don't freak out. We take the show notes for you, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 86. You can also go there to leave comments. If you've been a regular listener to the podcast and you enjoy the show, would you please do me a favor? Would you head over to iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever platform you use and give us a rating and a review? Uh, you can get there to iTunes by socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. And if you're on Stitcher, it's socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. And if you're on SoundCloud, just um, search social media marketing. Well, this does bring us to the end of the social media marketing podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back in the driver's seat with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.